guess you ain't from around here, yeah I guess you ain't from around here, yeah Look at what we did in the past year, yeah A lot of green like a pasture A lot of busted like a pastor Yeah, enjoy it while I'm still here I've been on the up and disappeared like the rapture No mad raps in the cheap short I'm just shopping in my Sears I ain't no soothsayer Just a truth seeker, boo tweaker Might just make a meal while I'm getting meeker just make a meal while I'm getting meeker Do I sound clear? Can you hear the soothing timbre in your ear? Look at what we did in the past year Yeah, look at what we did Hello, what's up everybody? Welcome back to Ebbs and Flow That's Esoteric Bible Study for the Love of Wisdom I'm Danny Minaki Dan And I'm here today with Morgan B And Joshua What's up? The Branch What's up Joshua? What's up Morgan? It's good to be here. It's been, too long. it's been a while. It's been a minute. We're getting back into it again. Uh, my microphone on my computer is not working, so my audio might suck. So sorry about that. Not much I can do. But we're still going to get into it anyway. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about... Uh, we're going to be going back to Enoch again and uh, going into LX... I, which is the next part of the tablets of Enoch or of Noah from the book of Enoch. So let me pull that up. And uh, here we go. And it says LXI last week. So last last episode we wrote read LX. And so we're on the next chapter. Uh, and it says, angels go off to measure paradise, the judgment of the righteous by the elect one, the praise of the elect one and of God. Mm. So here we go in chapter LXI, verse 1. And I saw in those days how long cords were given to those angels, and they took to themselves wings and flew, and they went towards the north. And I asked the angel, saying unto him, Why have those angels taken these cords and gone off? And he said unto me, They have gone to measure. And the angel who went with me said unto me, These shall bring the measures of the righteous and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous. And they may stay themselves on the name of the Lord of spirits forever and ever. The elect shall begin to dwell with the elect, and those are the measures which shall be given to faith, and which shall strengthen righteousness. And these measures shall reveal all the secrets of the depths of the earth, and those who have been destroyed by the desert, and those who have been devoured by the beast, and those who have been devoured by the fish of the sea that they may return and stay themselves on the day of the elect one. For none shall be destroyed before the Lord of spirits, and none can be destroyed. Verse 6, And all who dwell above in the heaven receive the command and power and one voice and one light like unto fire. And that one, with the first words they blessed and extolled and lo lauded, with wisdom 
and they were wise in utterance and in the spirit of life. And the Lord of spirits placed the elect one on the throne of glory, and he shall judge all the works of the holy above in the heaven, and in the balance shall their deeds be weighed. And when he shall lift up his countenance to judge their secret ways according to the word of the name of the Lord of spirits, and their path according to the way of the righteous judgment of the Lord of spirits, then shall they all with one voice speak and bless and glorify and extol and sanctify the name of the Lord of spirits. And verse 10, and he will summon all the hosts of heavens and all the holy ones above and the host of God, the cherubic, seraphim, and ophanin, Ophaninen, hmm. and all the angels of power, and all the angels of principalities, and the elect one, and the other powers of the earth, and over the water. And that day shall raise one voice, and bless, and glorify, and exalt in the spirit of faith, and in the spirit of wisdom, and in the spirit of patience, and in the spirit of mercy, and in the spirit of judgment, and of peace and in the spirit of goodness and shall all say with one voice blessed is he and may the name of the lord of spirits be blessed forever and ever 12 all who sleep not above in heaven shall bless him all the holy ones who are in heaven shall bless him and all the elect who dwell in the garden of life and every spirit of light who is able to bless and glorify and extol and hallow thy blessed name. And all flesh shall be beyond measure glorify and bless thy name forever and ever. For great is the mercy of the Lord of spirits, and he is long-suffering, and all his works and all that he has created, he has revealed to the righteous and elect in the name of the Lord of Spirits. Was that all of it? Uh, that's all of LXI. Uh, you want me to go at LXI too? Oh, or no. like, did we do LX I last time? For yeah. this one already, so uh, we can share. We talked about the wind. And the Leviathan? Mm -hmm. Last time? Got it. I'm so sorry, guys. It's just been a while. Okay, <laughs> so we <clears throat> we did talk about all of that last time. I'm sorry. Okay, great. No, this is new. This is all new. We didn't talk about any of this chapter right here. Right. Um. So it starts off with, uh, I saw in those days how long cords were given to those angels and they took themselves wings and flew and they went towards the north. Uh, and I asked the angel, why have those angels taken these cords and gone off? And he said unto me, they have gone to measure. So they measured. It seems like they're measuring the earth. Um, 
it says these shall bring the measures of the righteous and the ropes of the righteous to the righteous that they may stay themselves on the name of the Lord of spirits forever and ever. I'm, I'm curious about that one. What, like, how do you guys th what do you think that means? Because is he measuring the earth and then saying that these measurements will always be the same and nothing will ever change? Or is it saying like, it's measuring how great the people are and their belief in God, and that will never fade. I have a, a verse that you might appreciate on this topic. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so this will be in uh, Amos 7, 8. It's on the topic of the locusts, fire, and the plumb line. Uh, verse 7. Uh, for a little bit of context, this is what he showed me. Behold, the Lord was standing by a wall, true to plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. You use a plumb to measure something's uprightness. So you were asking about the righteousness of these people and it being measured. You would measure that with a plumb line, basically. In masonry, that's how it's viewed anyway. Like P L U M B plum, uh, yeah. not like a fruit plum. Like a plumber. Yeah. Yes. I'm just clarifying. And then uh, verse eight, Amos, what do you see? Asked the Lord. A plumb line, I replied. Behold, said the Lord, I am setting a plumb line among my people, Israel. I will no longer spare them. The high places of Isaac will be deserted, and the sanctuaries of Israel will be laid waste, and I will rise up against the houses of Jeroboam with my sword. Mm. Kind of interesting. Um, there's also some more references here in this particular example. <laughs> Moment. Yeah, well, so that's so like go ahead. The the measuring rod, the and I always bring this up because um it I, the not the Norma Nilo Cedar, the nilometer in the sky that was man-made, one of the division lines that you know we always go and talk about. Uh it is made to measure the Nile. So, but it, it's in a in it's the endueling waves um way back in e egyptian hieroglyphics which they thought it was water back in the day turns out it's electricity so it is used to measure um elect uh electromagnetic current i would suppose but maybe i could be wrong but what used what they used to think was water is no longer water in hieroglyphics um, also, um, when we're talking about Enoch and he's measuring his plot, like God knows, uh, that something has happened here, um, and he's going to destroy it and he is going to let the righteous be righteous when he measures them and let them be them and, uh, the unrighteous are going to pay. Uh, the world will literally turn upside down, like on its head. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my opinion. 
um, because he knows, God knows what God knew what was going to happen before um, Amos 7, verse 1, when the locust came way back in Egypt. Like, you know what I'm saying? So um, I think that's kind of like really cool when you think about it, because during Enoch, you find out a lot of mishaps are going on that we are still currently going through recently. Like we're still dealing with, you know, like spiritual hijacking and whatnot. So anyway, thank you. <laughs> um, I found this uh, next one is second Kings 21, 13. I will stretch out over Jerusalem the measuring line used against Samaria and the plumb line used against the house of Ahab. And I will wipe out Jerusalem as one wipes out a bowl, wiping it and turning it upside down. So just like you said there, Morgan, that literally says upside down. Oh, wow. Isaiah 28, 17, I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level. Uh, again, masonry terms. Hail will sweep away your refuge of lies and water will flood your hiding place. Isaiah 34, 11, the desert owl and screech owl will possess it and the great owl and raven will dwell in it. The Lord will stretch out over Edom, a measuring line of chaos and a plumb line of destruction. Um, Jeremiah 1, 11, and the word of the Lord came to me asking Jeremiah, what do you see? I see a branch of an almond tree. That's strange. It doesn't mention a plumb line. So it must mean this branch is like a plumb line. <laughs> How interesting. Jeremiah 15, 6, you have forsaken me, declares the Lord. If you have turned your back, so I'll stretch out my hand against you and destroy you. I am wary of showing compassion. So um, this measurement occurs with a hand, perhaps a branch. A plumb line. Uh, there's more here. To Joshua the branch. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So um, we actually talked about the night the measuring uh symbolism in in a really good Bible study episode we did, but it looks like the Kabbalion or like it looks like a measuring rod, like it's uh stars along three stars along two um different lines and then they come together like into you know then there's like you know what i'm saying um and it's called the airy trigon and it is the one who i think they took fomal halt out of its former <laughs> spot to help create that as well so i think that's interesting that reminds me of something I'll mention later um, about the outer brain and fomahal and antares. It comes up in some Masonic stuff. Um, Lamentations 2.8, the Lord determined to destroy the wall of the daughter of Zion. He stretched out a measuring line and did not withdraw his hand from destroying. He made the ramparts and walls lament. Together they waste away. Um, I got a couple more here. Ezekiel 7, 4, I will not look on you with pity, nor will I spare you, but I will punish you for your ways and your abominations among you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. 
I think that's the one that's getting ready to happen in the United States. It uh, has to. It, I mean, it's the only way. Um, let me see if there's another one there. Oh, yeah. Zechariah 5.2. And he said unto me, what seest thou? And I answered, I see a flying roll. The length thereof is 20 cubits and the breadth thereof 10 cubits. So there we kind of get a, um, a an image of a flying roll. <laughs> that, is that bread? Is that... Uh, um, Unleavened bread? Yeah, I don't know what this roll is that's flying in the sky. But Ezekiel's he, will. I think they had airships. Oh yeah, the and that's what you get when you come up when I was reading like this is clearly not like the book of Enoch, but the book of knowledge uh that was written in the 70s from the book of Enoch. Um it does mention the Merkaba and how it produced mana for um the Israelites in the desert, and that it is definitely um time traveling um and it's a cloud-like thing but it is man-made and it uh goes down the different um these family lines that have made a pact to i guess hack the system i don't know it's a very strange and very odd science fiction book but i'm down for it <laughs> I was wondering uh, when we're talking about like the plumb line and these other lines, uh, is this is this making a cross shape? Is this making like um, like a plus sign or an X or something? Uh, because the Roman, the homie Romy Gator, whatever you want to call him, he talks often about the like the Globus Cruciger, and uh, there's like always a cross of sorts, like the old Iron Cross type of cross. The equilateral cross on top of the globus cruciger and so i'm wondering if that's what it's showing it's showing these two different lines in the sky that are are the the measurement of righteousness which would connect into why the the king would be holding it the ruler right Well, yeah, he's supposed to be righteous, but it turns out we live in a backwards world. Yes. Yeah, the curse is to be ruled by idiots such as Biden, for instance. <laughs> I dropped a link there for what's called the TNO map. And uh, this is known as the Orbis Terrarum. And it's an orb or circle of the lands with the letter T within an O. And so you were asking if it was a cross. So I, this could have very well been what the angels were measuring because they portion out the earth. And um, if, you, if you notice, there's the lands divide, divided between uh, Shem, Ham, and Japheth after the flood. And um, one of those Enochs we were talking about was visions of the flood, right? So mm -hmm. uh, you're Noah and Leviathan last time. Uh, I don't remember, but um so it looks like this, i don't think we ever did so it, it seems as though this tno map may kind of be a reference to how the angels measured at that time and um if you notice shem is in the asia realm and uh, that's where paradise is supposed to be so 
this here with Enoch, it's talking about the measuring paradise, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you're on I think you're right about this. And the Globus Crucifer would be this. It's the same thing on the Globus Crucifer. It's not divided into four. It's divided into three. And Shem has a double hmm. portion compared to Ham and Japheth. Shem was considered the righteous son of Noah. He's the one that built the um, the first altar to Yahweh after the flood. So I think he was made a priest because of that and given a double portion. Yeah, if you pull that link up, you can read about that map or show a picture of it or something like that. You might appreciate that. Did you? Oh, sorry, I thought I was still sharing the screen. Pardon. Uh, does Ham even exist? Well, he does, but he's infamous. So he's kind of the opposite of famous because of the way he sinned against his father, which I think what he actually did was take the um, clothing that was given to Adam and Eve. They wore skins and it um, kept the animals from being afraid of them, you know, and this is also what uh, um, Esau used to hunt with because when he was wearing these skins, um, the animals wouldn't run away from him because there's a story about when he, uh, it, um, what is it? Uh, Jacob gets his blessing and it's because Esau took off the skins to go hunt because he, I guess he wanted a challenge. And, yeah. uh, while he left the skins at the house, Jacob put them on and fooled, um, Isaac into thinking that it was Esau, but it really wasn't. And right. with those skins allowed for the for us to just walk up to animals they wouldn't fear you okay um, so that's and so some say some my research suggests that what ham did was steal those skins from noah and that's what i'm trying to get back to i didn't think that ham made it past noah well and uh another point to make here is that nimrod the great hunter came from ham so he inherited those skins i think <laughs> okay. uh, so where are the skins now <laughs> yeah interesting probably in some rich dudes um you know bunker <laughs> uh yeah where on the moon <laughs> vatican yeah but this uh if you notice there's a lot of different mudras or hand gestures that are made with this so um i think those are all used those should get some attention as well from time to time when you're studying this topic because they each mean different things depending on like if it's two fingers, three fingers there was even some schisms in the church over whether or not the blessing was you know which how many fingers it was and you see this uh shape that she's making too sometimes there's like an m that they make with their hand yeah means different things so yeah. it's it's an interesting topic a lot of times you'll see christ and mary depicted also with the globus crucifer so it's like dominion uh, and the kings source their authority they it's called the divine right to rule yeah that's how they buy the rulership so they basically using the globus crucifer model in a way to kind of justify their rule but it really doesn't belong to them 
<laughs> and Revelations talks about how the man child's given a, a rod of iron to break apart the nations and subdue them, etc. And so uh, that rod of iron kind of reminds me of like this plumb line or measuring stick, like we're talking about here. Um, and one more thing, it's in other words, to measure paradise, to create the new kingdom. Yeah. To see if we're ready or to see like it's the time's going to happen regardless because it's all on a celestial timing is what I figured out. And so when that time happens and it's measured and like your heart is heavier than a feather, then you're just not going to be able to stay the same or, you know, like because basically we're getting a chance to be ourselves, I guess. Does that make sense? I don't I don't necessarily think it's your heart that's weighed against the feather. I was thinking about this the other day. And I think it's your consciousness. Uh that's why they always speak of purity of uh clear having a clear consciousness to get it uh to get the stone, the philosopher's stone. It's it's I think it's about uh you know, this is why in church, too, you go to confessional to uh, talk about your confessions to relieve the pressure from your soul uh, to get these things out. And so that way, when you get weighed upon the feather, if you are free of all this weight of the negative things that you have done, then you can cross over. But if you're not, then uh, then you'll you'll be stuck. I want to look at look that up. I think that's the way things are set up currently. But I think that when God, like the God of God, when God, not just, um, you know, a God is watching over us, but when it's time and God comes and measures and God steps in and does what God does. Um, it's not going to be because you said you were sorry and you had a lot of knowledge, but you still went back and did the most God awful things and hurt so many people. I think it is going to be against your heart and like what type of like your heart is what we're operating through with this current lens in time. You know what I mean? We're in the age of, you know, like who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. we don't live in like caste systems you have the ability like uh, what we live right now is either just a complete dream or a miracle or something because you have the ability to be what you want to do and to do what you will with ever you have you know what i'm saying like if you want to go be a social worker no if you want to help people out you can if you you're not stuck tilling land because, you know, we're not in a caste system yet. <laughs> yeah, we've, but anyway, we've always been in a caste system. Yeah, I said it. I said it. No, no. My great grandparents who were lucky enough to be sharecroppers because they were native, um, they were in caste systems. We are not. You know what I'm saying? Anyway. This picture yeah. up on the screen. 
It says there in the description, Archangel Michael is commonly depicted holding scales to weigh the souls of people on Judgment Day. But then if you look off to the left there, it says the weighing of the heart would take place in the duat, the underworld, mm -hmm. in which the dead were judged by Anubis. So I think it's kind of interesting how you got Anubis doing the same thing that he's doing there, both acting as a judge, which the word for judge is Dan. Mm -hmm. So in both mm -hmm. cases, got Michael and Anubis both acting as a Dan uh, of sorts. Um, mm -hmm. It's quite interesting. And look here also how um, Michael's holding the scales. Well, what's one of the symbols for the tribe of Dan? The scales. scales. And yep. or a serpent, and, which is kind of interesting as well. So, yeah, I never would have drew, drew those conclusions on my own, but just happened to see them there side by side. And it kind of dawned on me, you know, the, the, um, similarity there yeah if you look it above is. if you yeah, look above his head in this picture it's the globus crucigrus it's just cut off why don't you well can you click that maybe it's not actually cut off but just it uh, like sometimes images are cut off oh, okay it actually is cut off yeah <laughs> i thought perhaps it would i thought perhaps there was more to it Mm. Um, if you bring that TNO map back up, there yeah. is one of the variations that actually shows. Um, I'll go to like the images, or, or maybe it's further down on this page. Actually, there's like a version of the map that's white. There it is on the left. Um, yeah, it actually shows where paradise is. So if you notice there in Asia, which is Shem, mm. um, it says paradise. So we're talking about it here in Enoch, uh, the measuring of paradise. So this would have been what those angels were doing with those cords right there. And it shows there on the right, like a geographic perspective of that. Um, so I think that this is very important because when you look at all the, oh, you were mentioning the Nile earlier. I was just about to say the T is the freaking Nile, y'all, the Nilometer. And the Don, I think, is kind of interesting. I learned about Don because my last name's Donohue. Well, Don means king, but more specifically, dark king. Um, and there was uh, dark kings that were from Spain, and you know they were in Ireland and stuff like that. So it was kind of interesting because I think that's why Don kind of got the meaning of king is because normally your last name would kind of refer to what you did for a living. And I think in this case, Don was king. They were kings or something. That was just their job, I guess. Um, with regards into like the sun, I think uh, they worshipped the three different movements of the sun, which were the rising sun, the uh, the midday sun, and the setting sun. And the, so the setting sun would have been Dawn. And it would be the sun would be descending into the underworld. So that's where you get like the dark king aspect. And the king is, you know, the sun god in some belief systems. So, wow. you, you, and then the rising sun would be the like beginning of a, the illumination because it's coming up from the east, which is where uh, paradise is. Uh, yeah. 
so you have your 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 morning sun and then your midday sun is like uh top of the your your most high is that the midday so your morning star is your dawn yes that's <laughs> so wild and this kind of reminds me too of the the uh feasts of yahweh because you got your spring feasts which there's one required for males unleavened bread in the spring then pentecost which is your midday um and then your day of judgment um and those fall feasts so if you just were to like rotate that map a little bit it would match pretty pretty well with you know spring pentecost fall feasts so yeah thanks for pointing that out man that's that's a lot of fun this um, actually ties some more research that i was doing about the serpent on the cross yeah i want to uh go back to what morgan said about the nilometer thing and turning the fishbowl upside down if you look at this uh i don't know how say a cross but one one leg of the cross is broken off and you have a straight line with uh, a radius line coming out of it to the outer circle. It, this whole right side doesn't have a bar going through the middle, if you picture a circle. And so if you look at that, that is a, a fishbowl. And if you turn that fishbowl upside down, uh, because what's interesting is some of these uh, images of the Globus Cruciger they're actually, this is upside down. It has Europe on top, not Asia. It has Europe and Africa on the top instead, and not the other way around. I just noticed that. I've seen a lot of variations. Yeah, I, I've often wondered if, if is, is there actually meaning to that, or is that just um, artistic freedom where the, you know, maybe the artist is ignorant or doesn't understand yeah. like what it actually means or so yeah. i've often wondered is there hidden meaning in it <laughs> or sure. there has to be so um somebody had I, I think it was actually uh uh mario that had posted on instagram uh a few days ago i'm not sure how long but he posted the globus cruciger and so if you look, it has the cross on top, right? So that's the measurement, that's the rule. And then if you look, it has these beads that come down and then the the whole thing goes around the middle. It's like several rows of beads. And if you look on some of them, it like encompasses all of Middle Earth. And if you think about like the 33, if you go from the 33, even if you go from the 33.3 .3 line, down to the negative 33.3 line, uh, starting at the equator, you get a 66.6. .6. And each one, the, the north of that also has a 66.6 .6, and the south of uh, the, the bottom third would also have a 66.6, .6, uh, which would uh, create the 99.9, .9, which is almost the whole, encompass the whole world, right? Because you can't get a hundred out of a third thirds so the 33.3 .3. so what you have is you have this uh kind of beating and it's 
it seems, you know, uh, brilliant or shiny that comes down and wraps around the middle, which is Shem, right? Because Japheth got the upper portion, Ham got the lower portion, and Shem got the middle earth around it. Um, and it shows how it goes around the whole world. Uh, but then, you're talking see, about the part that's missed. Uh, once I saw a, a, it was a math, it was a joke about math, and it was using that kind of analogy we're talking about, but, but with cake. And mm -hmm. some somebody's like, "Well, what happened to the point one or whatever?" And they said, "Well, it's on the knife." So yeah. if you think about it, the, the part you're talking about that's left over, it the lines themselves, yes, those boundary lines compose what's remaining like because that's no man's land yeah <laughs> so however long those are and width or breadth that would compose the remainder i think so i just wanted to include that yeah yeah exactly all right you guys had anything else to add let's uh let's yeah i did back. uh I sent a link to on the Omphalos stone. Oh. Um, so that was used by Zeus. And um, what he did is he is, talks about the angels being sent here, or the cherubim. Well, I guess he sent two eagles um, to east and west or something. It talks about the north here, though. But in this story, he sends out two eagles, uh, and wherever they met, that was considered the center of the earth and he put the omphalos stone there to mark the navel of the earth so i thought mm. that was pretty interesting too there's a link in the chat if you want to look at it all right let me uh let me get that man. and it's funny too because your navel is your middle of your body yep your umbilicus I don't see I don't see that link in here. It's above it's like the third most recent one. Uh Om Palos got it. Man, Dan, your eyes are so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. They're so blue. I just can't look at anything else when when he's I Green, I just stare straight into his eyes. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, thank you, Joshua. Um, the yeah, the so it's a yeah, it means navel. Uh, the there is really oh, re not shared. Oh, it's not okay. That's why your eye, you're like your face was <laughs> uh, big on the screen. <laughs> Okay, so what about this, you guys? What about thunder and lightning being like the measurement? So like lightning, like lightning, and then thunder, listening. Mm -hmm. There is talk in uh, the Bible where Christ mentions um, his, his coming, uh, as uh, mentions the lightning coming from the east. Yeah. 
He also talks about how in, in Luke 10, 18, it mentions Satan falling from heaven as lightning. So those are two of the more popular references to lightning that I'm aware of in the Bible. Well, yeah. like in um, the previous chapter before the one we read, it talks about the Leviathan and how it's separated, how the male is named Bohemoth and um, the female uh, became the uh, prima mat materia and uh, the Bohemoth became just like an animal. Um, and, uh, they were both monsters and that, um, he so was shown. Gavin knew it actually. When you think yeah. It. He was, um, sent with the other angel and the chambers of the winds and, um, hold on. He showed me what was hidden, told me what is first and last in heaven in height beneath the earth and in depth and at the ends of the heaven and on the found foundation of the heaven in the chambers of the winds and how the winds are divided and how they are weighed and how the portals of the winds are reckoned each according to the power of the wind and of the power of the lights of the moon and according to the power that is fitting and the divisions of the stars according to their names and how all the divisions are divided and the thunders according to the places where they fall and all the divisions that are made among the light lightnings that it may lighten and that their hosts that they may at once obey for the thunder has its places of rest, which are assigned to it while it is waiting for its peal and the thunder and lightning are inseparable. And although not one and although not one and undivided, they both go together through the spirit and separate not for when the lightning lightens the thunder utters its voice and the spirit enforces a pause during the peal and divides equally between them for the treasury of their peals is like the sand and each of them has its peel each of them as it peels is held with a brittle and turned back by a power of the spirit and pushed forward according to many of the quarters of the earth. Okay. Hmm. So they have their chambers. They talk about the wind and stuff having uh Yeah. Areas, like chambers. Is that the word it used? Was chambers? Yes. That almost makes you think they're like a bedroom. You know, like, you know, yeah, as a home or something. Everything does, though. It says, um, the spirit of the hoarfrost is his own angel, the spirit of the sea is masculine and strong, and he draws it back with a rain and is driven forward and disperses amid all the mountains of the earth. Um, uh, there's a special spirit therein and that which ascends from it like smoke and its name is frost and the spirit of the mist is not united with them in their chambers but has a special chamber for its course is glorious both in light and darkness and in winter and summer and its chamber is an angel. So dew has its own chamber, everything, the clouds, 
I mean, it just goes into everything. Mm-hmm. And and the, um, it says here that that angel was a chamber. Didn't we talk yes. about that last time? Yeah, we did. Oops. Okay, I remember that. Morgan showed up late to the party last time. That's why she doesn't remember that. <laughs> so, think about this. How could that be? <laughs> So the wind is in the chamber that is an angel. It would almost imply that the angel is blowing to yeah. create the wind. That's really yeah. quite something. I didn't uh, think about that the last time we talked about it. I was just kind of imagining it as she was reading it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that that's quite a lot about measuring it seems like some of these angels had the job of measuring things that reminds me too of christ's crucifixion they were mocking him and one of the things they gave him to mock him was they handed him a reed yep used a reed to measure so they they handed him a reed that he would have used to measure his kingdom but really in scripture Mm -hmm. it's a rod of iron so they gave him a reed to mock his rod of iron in, in a sense. That's really quite interesting. So this makes kind of appreciate that more now that I understand it better. Yeah, because it says this was the quaking of heaven. So you know how they use the number like 70 times 7 times 10 times 10,000 or whatever. But um, this is in the host of the most high uh and the angels a thousand thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand were disquieted with a great disquiet and the head of days sat on the throne of his glory so basically what i'm thinking is like the head of days at the time is not righteous Hmm. Well, the head of days would be Aries. And so um, Mario was doing a show recently on the emperor card. And uh, it shows him as the emperor seated in a throne with a scepter. And a like Globus Crucifer. Exactly. What so I'm I- getting out of this is that whomever is the emperor and sitting like this is now this is current days that like whomever has been and is sitting on the most head of days throne and um is has quieted all the angels i think that um i think that's what's happened if that makes sense I have a pretty interesting picture for you guys to see. Um, right, right before we started the show and we were just talking, uh, Joshua was uh, mentioning like, um, what were we talking about? Hitler being, you know, the Antichrist, right? And uh, so if Aries is the head, uh, that would be the, like the Aryans would be the the deceiver which is kind of what she's talking about and how that's now and uh so that's kind of interesting yeah 
Yeah, and also the Antichrist has a deadly head wound. So again, that kind of makes me think of Aries because Aries is associated with the head. Mm -hmm. um, and they talk about Hitler shot himself in the head, right? Oh, yeah, Possibly. yeah, good point. Huh? Yeah. And he's 420. So, I mean, he's close to being an Aries anyway. But his energy would have been so in the head, yes. But as it's getting closer to the mouth and the throat, because that's Taurus. So 420 would be like where the mouth is, basically, on the head. He was, he was known as a orator, you know. Yeah. So in a way, he kind Silver of did, tongue. Did. Yeah. Oh, well, I found this picture I was wanting to show you. Um, I, I, can I try maybe sharing my screen or something? Yeah, do it. It makes me think of Argo Navis, too, like Jason um, in the 50, chasing the Golden Fleece, going from Iolcus to Colchis, which is like what I took as like interstellar travel. You know what I mean? And they'd go back and forth and back and forth. So, yeah. That's what I think of when I think of Aries. Mm. Uh, you, you got up for a second there, but um, what we were mentioning is like Aries being the ram and the Arians uh, and the possibility of Hitler uh, being the Antichrist because he's associated with the rising up of the Aryan movement. Mm-hmm. No, he's not the Antichrist because everybody's going to love the Antichrist. Well, some people. Well, a lot of people in Germany. Did. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but um, I'm talking about like worldwide. It's going to be after we've already been under one. It's going to usher us into everybody being compliant with being in a one-world system, um, which. In order for change to happen, uh, we're going to have to have a complete breakdown, and that might imply putting us into a one-world system. So, um, yeah. Well, Days seemingly, I would say, I would say that maybe those Aryans are still in charge even to this day. I think they are, but I think it's because they don't live on Earth. I think it's because they are night people i think that they inhabit some other place up high in the sky and i know i sound crazy but that's just what i think and i think Maybe. that their skin is white because they don't get sunlight mm. that would make them like dwellers in the ground uh there's always references to in the earth in the bible um but one of the things that we were talking about in one of the earlier episodes is the idea of the moon pouring out its waters onto earth and uh you know the rainbow bridge and the, the connection between the gods and the rainbow bridge and maybe they're going back and forth to the moon if they are also living on the moon uh they would be maybe shiny uh, uh have that brilliance also yeah so like the olden gods I'm and glad the olden you said it. yeah yeah like jason going from iolcus to colchis uh is definitely what i was getting at with that and they're yeah living on the moon is 100 
what I was also getting to. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you guys said it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, can you try that link in the chat? Because screen sharing is disabled, apparently. So uh, if you check oh, that link okay. there. Um, but anyway, this... Okay, so that in 2017, this was the Economist cover. So check out that uh, judgment card right there. Um, <laughs> if you can zoom, mm. that's if you can zoom in on that, that you can tell mm. that's actually Trump. I already know it's Donald yeah. Trump. <laughs> What's he holding? Globus Crucigur. Yeah, and it's even divided in in the same way that we were, you know. Like it's in three, not fours. And he's holding a Yeah. So I just think that's kind of interesting because this is back in 2017. This is like right after he got elected the first time. And um, can you scroll down? I'm looking at the magician card 3D printing houses. Oh, I was just talking to my son the other day about how uh that there's gonna be 3d printed houses and whole cities pretty soon and he was like what dad you're crazy is this a conspiracy and i was like no son it's not and i looked it up online if they were doing it and there is a company that can produce uh like 400 foot square uh 400 square foot houses with 3d printing and they're actually relatively yep. inexpensive and they only cost about four uh two to four thousand dollars to produce and they can sell them for around ten thousand and uh i was like pretty soon they'll they'll make whole cities out of 3d printers and he's like well how are they going to make one big enough i mean i said where there's a will there's a way dude they'll figure it out i mean all they they already know the technology all they have to do is upscale it Well, so there you have it in 2017. <laughs> I wonder who those 15 faces are on the star cart. That's a really, that's crazy. I could spend all day on this. This right. is wild. And then the Wheel of Fortune shows a few politicians. It looks like uh, Angela Merkel. Well, there's some lightning on that cart. Yeah, too. the lightning is Angela what it's Merkel, like. Macron. I think maybe the flags are there. So there you got the uh, German flag, the French flag, and Italian. I can't what that? Yeah, maybe it's Italian. Um, yeah, I'm not real sure. But anyway, it shows a few politicians there, like changing in and out with ballot boxes at the bottom. Um, yeah, pretty wild, huh? Yeah, I could literally spend all day on just like trying to decode. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah. What Keep is your that? books, y'all? Keep your books. Is this an actual tarot deck or is this just for the cover of the world? I think it was Economist? just. I think it was just created for this, which is weird. You laugh at your face. Look at the tower one because, again, there's that same lightning bolt. Um, yeah, separating uh, church and communism. And what's happening in Ukraine right now? They're they're outlawing the Orthodox Church. Oh my god! Are they really? Yeah, it's happening right now. Oh my god! So yeah, this is all coming to. And look on the front of that door is something nailed. 
So yeah. uh, Martin, Eviction. I think it was, yeah, hammered that uh, the Protestant stuff was nailed to the door of the, of the church. That's what started the Protestant Reformation, I think. Uh, yeah, because we're going to have to have a new Reformation, and this is how it's going to... Wow, this was made in 17, and it just told you it really... It laughed at our face. That's crazy. I'm going to keep this. Anyway, let's move forward, guys. Let's... <laughs> <sighs> Nobody listening here can like see what we're like tripping out over. Yeah. Uh, well, they can pull up the Economist uh, 2017 Planet Trump issue. If they want to check out the eight tarot cards that are on here. And it's uh, all in the background, too, is the stars and galaxies. And then uh, the tarot cards are in the foreground. So that's also kind of interesting, too, that it's got all the stars and the galaxies in the background. Um, and space gas and stuff. So... <sighs> Very interesting. Um, but to get on kind of with uh, this chapter LXI from uh, Book of Enoch, um, it goes on to talk about the elect shall begin to dwell with the elect, which means like the royalty and the rich are going to dwell with each other. And those are the measures which shall be given to faith. And which shall strengthen righteousness. So that's that's kind of interesting. That whole that whole statement right there. Uh, and those are the measures which shall be given to faith, and which shall strengthen righteousness. So it's going to strengthen because they're dwelling with each other. It's going to strengthen their belief that they are the ones to rule. As uh, I guess, kind of how I'm interpreting that. Um, the next part, it goes, and these measures shall reveal all the secrets of the depths of the earth. And those who have been destroyed by the desert and devoured by the beast and devoured by the fish of the sea. That they may return and stay themselves on the day of the elect one. For none shall be destroyed before the Lord of Spirits, and none can be destroyed. Um, when I read this earlier, it made me kind of think of, you know, what is that law that, you know, energy cannot be created nor destroyed? Uh, the third law of thermodynamics. Yeah, so it's kind of in that, in that space where... Uh, no matter what, uh, they they can't be destroyed because it's it's energy. You can't destroy energy. Um, well, the reason why they have that their dwellings in those high places is because their ancestors found favor with God, right? Mm -hmm. So this is like when this is when everyone is like, okay, something is completely wrong, and th this is right before um the flood this is like right before he, this is like an accord like an accountants of 
an extra like in-depth reason as to why the flood occurred and how it happened. Mm-hmm. Like the the giants or whomever mating with the daughters of women, I honestly think it was, you know, the these watchers coming down and uh, putting, you know, their elect bloodline into um, people, you know? Yeah, which is what I was mentioning on the, on the Globus Cruciger is how it comes down from the top. Uh, because the cross is the the symbol of the rulership, right? He who the rulers, the celestial, the Iridanus, right, and the Nile meter, they're the the staffs of rule of power, uh, and they uh, govern who's going to be the ruler. So that on the top of the Globus Cruciger, and how the beads come down to that middle section of Shem, and in the Bible talking about Shem is the um, uh, the lineage of of David and Jesus. Well, he's the priest, while the rulers are probably like Ham or Japheth. Yeah, the kings of the earth. Whereas the I think it's Ham. To be honest, I think Japheth is, or maybe not. I don't know. I think it's all strange because of Ham being. Ham, it like it because of the favor that his ancestors found with God is the only reason why like Ham has like even a leg to stand on literally. You know what I mean? Well, the fishbowl um, will be turned upside down, right? So the bottom half will yeah. become the rulers, while the top half become the slaves, and vice versa. It goes through cyclically. It's a cyclical uh, timeline, so everything that has happened will happen again. That's why I think it's you can pull prophecy from the Bible uh, because all of these things have happened. So they're speaking from experience, and we're also noticing it in our own timeline because uh, everything comes back again and cycles back around. Yeah, but would you normally be spending a Friday night doing a fellowship or Bible study with you know people that you met and? an online can speak, you know, chat, you know what I mean? Like things are getting this wild to where like people are doing stuff like this. I think it's really, really, really closer than we think. You know what I mean? Prophecies of Daniel talk about how in the end days, the information will increase. Uh, it might even mention traveling as well, things like that. So, I mean, it's a natural consequence of living in Babylon, (laughs) having information at your fingertips. Yeah, true. I mean, it's a tool and it's how we use it, but things are just like at this point being fed to us. You know what I mean? So it's the executed cyclical nature of the stars though, too, right? Because they all go spin around above us in a circle too. So and when we've been noticing all these uh, stellar alignments happening in the sky. So, I mean, you're not far off. I don't think that you're wrong about, you know, the, the apocalypse coming. But what the apocalypse is, I think, changes from uh, timeline to timeline. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it rhymes, you know. Right. Like it's still similar in a way. Mm-hmm. 
just because of this. It'd be a renaissance, but whatever it is, it's going to be a change in the way that we even look at things. Shapes might even change. I mean, mm-hmm. the way that we perceive the world around the us Earth is probably going to change. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, I think it actually gets reformed uh, various times. I mean, because there's some cities that are under the water now, you know, like really great cities that we don't even know about <laughs> just because they're yeah. in the sea, you know. So I, I, I'd say that once in a while, the entire Earth, which is the Globus Cruciger itself, is this big alchemical vessel that's just uh, always changing and, and morphing and moving, you know. It's a miracle that we're even alive to stay alive on this thing. To be quite I know. Honest. We're like the vermin, like the rat. vermin, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but some of the vermin are obedient and well-behaved so they they get spared so if they are willing to learn the stories you know i kind of have that theory too that the people that end up in these scriptures and stuff that we read like they were just like us uh at one time reading what they had which maybe was less even you know yeah so there's a lot of wisdom in these types of things i mean Think like if you were trying to warn somebody, you know, five, 10,000 years into the future, what would you do? Would you, could you even conceive of a way to warn people that far ahead if you knew something's going to happen? I can't even warn people of what like is clearly in the ether now that other people are talking about. Well, the certain topic that we're even speaking of right now, like, you know what I mean? Like the DNA manipulation and all of that, how it's not new. And I can't even warn people about that without sounding insane. So I can't even imagine knowing that your own people are going to fail you and then trying to warn them not to be, you know, kind of freaked out. Well, even the Georgia Guidestones are gone. They were built to last. That was slabs of granite. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, five, 10,000 years is a long time. So I think it's kind of remarkable that some of these texts have been around as long as they have, even though maybe it's had 10,000 years, but it's just kind of remarkable to me. So, you know, were they just trying to warn us? You know, we, we see a lot of these because uh, in the, doesn't it talk about how um, the judgments were going to come? Um, and the plumb line and all this. So uh, I think that's something that we probably have seen before, you know, like these angels uh, flying around, like doing things. And in Revelation, that's what it's talking about, too. Like they're pouring out vials on the sun, on the rivers, turning the moon to blood and all this stuff going on, you know. So it sounds a lot like what we're seeing here, too. Um and there is some scripture too where they're rebuilding the tabernacle and i think zerubbabel and uh i can't remember joshua and zerubbabel i think are the two characters they're also measuring the temple as well and when they're rebuilding it that seems to be like a prophecy that hasn't actually happened yet um but i could be wrong about that A prophecy also to be aware of is like 
number one is to like know about the seasons. Like if the seasons start changing, then like uh, there will be like 14 types of trees that won't shed foliage in the winter. So I thought that was really, really cool. You because exactly. Where's where'd you read it? Um, that's at the beginning of the um Enochian text at the like very beginning. We're reading Noah's scriptures right now, but like when at the to Enoch, like chapter one is when he starts saying of the things to be like aware of. And I just wanted to include that in because, you know, I was talking about Jason and the Argonauts and I always will try to bring that up whenever I can, but like their oars were trees, you know? So I thought I, um, I find that extremely interesting. So I'm looking for right there, right there. Uh Enoch chapter three. Observe and see how in the winter all the trees seem as though they have withered and shed all their leaves, except 14 trees which do not lose their foliage, but retain the old foliage from two to three years till the new ones come. That's interesting. So is that like a climate change thing where the zones are beginning to change? And so trees that would normally not lose their foliage are going to, or normally lose their foliage rather and deciduous are going to not lose them because the temperature changes enough that they don't lose it, you know, like, cause uh, we're talking about the hoarfrost being an angel earlier. Evergreen trees. Yeah. I was thinking about evergreens also. Yeah. If especially if the hoarfrost is an angel, like they're gonna definitely thrive, you know, no matter what. But the 14 is like like that number is strange. But anyway, um yeah, I thought that was really I think, cool. Um wasn't uh Osiris cut up into 14 pieces? Yeah. See, and their whole uh since we're getting into like um the Canis Major and Minor and the Sirius Star. I've been doing a lot of like research on that whole thing. And that's where the whole like uh the whole boat voyage even starts is with them. So I think that is really cool. It would make sense. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. I'm glad I remembered that. How weird. Westward of the Nile. So the 14th was the penis. That's what mm-hmm. got swallowed by the fish. Yes. Oh, God. Are we? The penis got swallowed by the fishes? Right. <laughs> yeah. Where the souls. Luck, huh? Westward of the Nile. Oh, my God. So she couldn't find it. She then fashions a new phallus out of gold. And that's how they conceive Horus, uh, apparently. Oh, so what happens when we understand the number 13? We'll be led to the number 14. Why was Osiris cut into 14 pieces? Was he really, or is it just symbolism? Seven soul pieces for her, seven soul pieces for him, 
sevenfold spirit mentioned in Revelation. In the tarot, 14 is temperance. On this card is the rainbow god, Des Iris. Mm-hmm. Iris is contained in Osiris, androgyny before they were split. Temperance is about creating the perfect balance and harmony in a relationship, 50-50. Remember, 14 equals 5 in earth, uh, earth magic or numerology. And yeah, symbolism for R. Uh, Alan D, is, it is the ratio of the cyclic law 4 with the cosmic unit 10. Having for results to maintain the life, one plus four equals five, and serving as a node to the double current or evolution and involution, seven times two is fourteen. It would represent also also the nature working out the life, um, represent the Holy Spirit being spread in the freedom and in the nature, although the nature does not know it, according to Jacob Boeing. Uh, this number represents the figure of the Christ immolated the 14th day of the moon. And that similar day, the children of Israel had command to celebrate the Passover. That is to say, the passage of the Red Sea, according to C. Agrippa. Regarded as the number of David, according to the Bible, the evangelist Matthew would have organized the genealogy of Jesus on this basis. It is the number of good and the charity Bible, the 14 generations of Abraham to David, just as of David to the deportation of Babylon and the deportation of Babylon to Christ. The 14 epistles written by St. Paul having on the whole 100 chapters and adding up to 2,335 verses. The weddings of the Tobit and Sarah lasted 14 days. Uh, with the return of exile after the rebuilding of the temple, the Israelites celebrated the Passover, the 14th day of the first month. Jacob worked 14 years for his uncle Laban in order to be able to marry his daughter Rachel. The first period of seven years, uh, he allowed him to take Leah for woman, the older sister of Rachel. And after the second period of seven years, he could finally marry Rachel. And Jacob had a Rachel for, had of Rachel fourteen sons and grandsons. The fourteen stations of the way of the cross led us to mention the number of the stations varied until the thirteenth century, and is finally fixed to fourteen by Clement the twelfth and Benoit the nineteenth in nineteen fifty eight. A fifteenth is added at Lords to integrate the cult of Mary with Mary in the hope of the resurrection, but the 14 stations have remained popular. The sufferings of Christ would have begun 14 days before Passover to finish with his passion. Every year, the celebration of the Easter is never done on the same date, certainly to the Feast of Christmas, which is always celebrated on December 25th. At the 4th century after Jesus Christ, one established that this major feast of liturgical calendar would be celebrated the first Sunday following the 14th night of lunation of March. If this one presents it on March 21st, the equinox of the spring or after this date, uh, the James 
apostle tells the major was killed 14 years after the crucifixion of Jesus. The 14 beatitudes of Saint Anselmi and Saint Bernard rewarding the blissful in the paradise. The seven beatitudes of the body, health, beauty, the agility, force, liberty, pleasure, longevity, the seven beatitudes or beatitudes of the soul, agree, honor, power, security, joy, wisdom, and friendship. The Virgin Mary was 14 years old, old at the time of the Annunciation, according to the versions of Mary Agrita, that is to say exactly 14 years, 6 months, and 17 days. In the Roman Catholic Church, it designates under the name Auxiliary Saints, a group of 14 saints particularly famous for the effectiveness of their invocation. Uh, there's a there's a whole lot of stuff that has to do with 14 and Bible stuff. Wow. Yeah, that's really quite remarkable. I didn't realize there were so many things that had to do with 14. Wait, go up. 14 ascending what? Go stay right there. Um ascending and downward days of the moon. Uh, because clearly, um, as you can tell, they're lunar worshipers. Yeah, uh, you had left for a minute, but up here it said, uh, uh, the similar day of the children of Israel had commanded to celebrate the Passover, that is to say the passage of the Red Sea. Uh, it was uh, regarded as a number, oh, well, it says it was 14 days after. Christ immolated the 14th day of the moon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So the you know immolated means it's referring to fire because what you do with the Passover lamb is after you ate it all, you would burn the carcass, but you weren't allowed to break any of the bones. And when Christ was crucified, none of his bones were broken. And then he goes to hell, which is, of course, kind of emblematic of that burning of the lamb right it's very interesting it's, uh, yeah that is it. and you know what i've come to realize since we've been doing this bible study more and i've been getting back into like things just come back to me um what is extremely important um and it's to jews and christians alike are the feasts those are like the number one thing and the Sabbath and the Passover. It's like those three things. Like you have to like do the, like, you know what I mean? I just find that extremely interesting. That's it. Well, the feasts are supposed to be the most important thing. Um, it's determined by the uh, first full moon after the spring equinox. That's when Passover is. And it's, so the date for Easter changes all the time. Sure. Uh, and what I think is also strange is how the Orthodox Church, who says, you know, they're supposed to be closer to the real thing. For some reason, they're celebrating Easter this weekend instead of last weekend, which last weekend was when Passover was. So they're totally out of sync with as far as I'm concerned with the Bible. Um, yeah. I don't know why they changed it like that, but apparently it's some type of difference between the Julian calendar and the Gregorian calendar. So 
it's talking about the 14 lunation days and stuff yes when you get into calendars you start working with well is it a solar calendar is it a lunar calendar is it a to both <laughs> right and then um i do know like how um you have to definitely change it up according to lunar cycles so you know what i mean um it's not the same i guess i don't know um anyway so as we proceed um I totally just messed this up by going all the way back to the front, but I wanted to point that out because um, just like the importance of the uh, God, like parting the Leviathan, uh, it being male and female. So like parting male and then, you know, one male and then one female. So it was a Leviathan. It was both. And then it was, you know, parted into male and female and that, that it was known that they were, it was a monster. And then like, um, meaning like from the moon as well, like a watcher. So I kind of wanted to throw that out there. I know it sounds odd. <laughs> um, yeah, I was reading here and it said that God is G. Oh, I, I don't think that's right. God equals 374, which equals 14. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I, I don't know. know I I some type of numerology or something. It's hard to say. Yeah. And there's no telling what kind because that's old as crap. <laughs> Well, the gematria for Yahweh or YHWH is actually 26. So oh, okay. I do know. I that. don't know gematria at all. Um, I've got, I do not it have enough time. An yeah, I don't have enough time to go down that rabbit hole because I don't even have enough time as it is. <laughs> I like to look at it more as like sprinkles, you know, um, <laughs> look into it only as deep as like, you're researching something and maybe you just i'll look at the gematria you know what i mean and see if there's anything that jumps out at you but sometimes people can kind of get carried away with it i think and then it's like you can't really understand what they're saying because they're just talking about a bunch of numbers you know but it is like a i mean each letter has a letter each letter rather has a numerical correspondent though so when it's employed properly um you know the letters are supposed to have a uh, a genuine numerical equivalent so you know there's something to it for sure I'm not you say your name speak. means something for sure but it has to be used uh with purpose you know like there's a lot of intention behind it for sure mm -hmm. okay Yes. Um, and then, okay, uh, so it says on. Go ahead. Um, Eleven. On that day shall raise one voice and bless and glorify and exalt in the spirit of faith and in the spirit of wisdom and in the spirit of patience and the spirit of mercy and in the spirit of judgment and in, of peace 
and the spirit of goodness and shall all say with one voice, blessed is he. May the name of the Lord of spirits be blessed forever and ever. So that's when I guess it's not quiet anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look right before that, it's talking about the elect one. And yeah. this reminds me of um, what you were reading there in verse 11 reminds me of Isaiah chapter 11, when it talks about this person that um, will be blessed with the sevenfold spirit of the Lord. And it lists them out. And it sounds like it's doing the same thing here. Um, but this elect one is also at the head of the 144,000. Those are the elect as well. So yeah. this would be like a good head that's not damaged for a body of believers, whereas the Antichrist is a defective head mm-hmm. uh, that could possibly uh, fool the elect. So it's talking about the elect being possibly fooled by the Antichrist. Well, it would be all these people that you know are expecting a Messiah and and follow the wrong person. Um, but so, so yeah. what I'm so what I'm getting here is like the Elohim are all the gangs all coming back together. So we got the Lord of Spirits coming, we got the one, we got the elect one, and we have all the hosts of heaven. Uh, so the ever the gang's getting back together. Yeah. Well, Elohim sure. is plural. Yeah. That's what I would think. Like it's like okay, it's, uh, well, the wedding it, of the lamb. In Revelation, it sounds like to me. But what's interesting in this verse, in this verse eight, it says, "And the Lord of Spirits place elect one on the throne of glory." So God places him there, and He shall judge all mm-hmm. the works of the holy above in heaven. And in the balance shall their deeds be weighed. So He it seems like God is electing uh, what Joshua said, one of these hundred and forty-four thousand, the, the the Godhead of that is going to be judging these angels, these heavenly angels. But the Lord of Spirits is like the the sanctified one. Right. Well, and if you consider the fact that some of these people that are ruling the world right now are actually fallen angel seed, mm-hmm. um, we could be it could be interpreted as we will be judging them the rulers of the world now will eventually get judged by those who inherit the authority. So the 144,000 are all judges. So they're all Dan's (laughs) when you think about it, Uh, priest Kings that are given the authority to judge. And what's really uh, remarkable about that is that after the Exodus, the Passover story that we read about uh, is usually connected to the first Exodus of which there's a second exodus and that's what's popularly referred to as the rapture but what it really is is a second exodus which again is detailed in isaiah 11. but in this case um, we see that after they let were led into the land of israel joshua died and then after that which he, he would have been like the prototype of that back then the same as the elect one and then mm-hmm. after he died came the time of judges. So they all just ruled themselves and used the law that they had as the there was no government. <laughs> there was just 
that was it, just judges. So just Dan's. So I think so why would be a lot like that? Well, I think so too, but honestly, I placed this all entirely before the flood. And this like just giving us more reason as to why um the flood happened. But it seems to me as if this has happened several times and in several different exegesises, exeg you know, anything just to see what comes out of a big mixture, you know. Um, I just wonder why they wouldn't canonize it. Well, um, there was, I don't know which one it was, but we read something earlier that was talking about the uh, visions of the flood or something like that, visions of the Great Deluge. So, yeah, mm -hmm. some of this could have been before because it was, seems like they were being told about it. Well, the, okay, so the reason why it, it is, and the reason why I say that is because, um, so Enoch is seven generations from Adam, and Enoch is Noah's great-grandfather, right? So no. we, we've yes. already gone through this. Yes. Yes, and then the what happens and it said we went through this as well that god um that noah was the only person with the knowledge and that god shut the door on noah and that's where we've ended our bible study this is like extra study but that's where we pretty much ended our story um, was when we went through the genealogy, which is, it, it was boring, but it was important, you know? So yeah. that's why I put before the flood. And that's why I'm wondering, like, does the gang all get back together again? Like, do we, you know, this is like, um, like a change of like, Order, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, this is like when Groundhog Day ain't Groundhog Day no more. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the gang gets back together and they're like, holy shit. And that reminds me of Greek mythology. It's like um, Apollo and Hermes are like, fuck, if Zeus finds out like what this place looks like, we are so screwed. And um, Hermes is like, hey, hold on, I have an idea. And he runs down to Earth and he's like, bah, 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 bah. and then he comes back up and he's like, haha, just wait, you just watch. And I guess we're just waiting and watching still. I don't know. He's like, it's, it's also, be so great. This also echoes Esau yeah. and Jacob, too. Yeah. What do you mean by that exactly? Like um, being given authority or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Jacob was given authority over Esau. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, again, kind of similar to how like the people that are ruling now will be given authority over them. Uh, Esau, yeah. like these uh, people that are ruling today. So it's kind of, yeah, very similar. I just, um, 
I, I feel like it's just very ancient what this includes and in that there's a lot in here that hasn't we really just haven't even we've just kind of been screwing around but it's been really good to just talk to you guys actually I'm so happy to be here but um there's just like a lot to delve into like just even Seraphin and O'Fannon and yeah um, I wanted to look that up. Actually. I mean, there's just so much in here. Like we could literally, um, I mean, there's just a lot, <clears throat> which makes me sound like I'm not so out there once we um, <laughs> delve into this because I read the keys of Enoch and I was just like, it, that took me a few days to just like um, digest. It sounds like a bunch of, uh, propaganda, honestly, but whew, man. Mm. It's uh, a lot, you guys. The Book of Enoch is interesting because it's seemingly one of the earlier books, and uh, they, they say it's not part of the, the canon, but it should be read and talked about and thought about, but it doesn't have to do with some of the core principles of what the bible is trying to convey so it doesn't need to be in there as basically the gist of it but uh the gal gal the galgalum is like the the go through they call it the walk of the beast or the celestial like the going through the gymnasium like going through the horoscope sorry i had to throw that in there galgalum or galgal oh okay because uh the Ophanum, I looked it up, uh, and Galgal is uh, another word for the wheels or the spheres or the whirlwinds. Galgal. So that's what you're referring to. And then that's talking about Ezekiel's vision of the chariot. Um, so, yeah. So that's what the Ophanum are. Fanon. It's interesting, too, because they're referred to as thrones. And what did it talk about the elect one being seated on the throne? So we see here this uh, Ezekiel vision, basically the throne came to visit him. And there's one who is seated on that throne. So the throne is like a mobile thing where it That's can what I'm, the Merkaba, what I was telling you about, the freaking Merkaba that gave the, I'm telling you guys, it is creepy weird how old this technology is but i'm telling you if it looks like um the tree of life and y'all know what i mean like the 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 shape of the tree of life but like sideways and um it literally it uses plasma and um yeah, it's just, it's very, very odd to look into in the uh, Book of Knowledge. Sorry. Anyway, I wanted to also say that when uh, it said it has two nested wheels, like two eyeballs, um, when Daniel married Susanna, it talks about having the the two eyeballs watching that um happen 
Those are the and, two witnesses. Yeah. So I just thought that that was weird because I've been really for a wedding, yeah. by the way. Well, I've just really been into the uh that whole um galaxy, the Seuss the Susanna, the sausage gal. Do you remember me telling you about that, Daniel, and showing you the Susanna or the sausage galaxy that mm-hmm. collided? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you, yes. When we were doing, when we started our uh, star show, yeah. but yeah. So, and I've found a lot of reference to that in the Bible. Like the Bible is a living text, and that is why it's so relevant to this day. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. For real, for real. <laughs> but the throne is also the tetragrammaton. Um, and then so the elect one seated on the throne is the shin or the spirit. So with the tetragrammaton would be YHWH or the throne. And then Christ is YH shin WH or Yahshua, which is the word for salvation so the elect one is probably the same person it's uh really quite remarkable actually to put finally but put so yeah so the was supposed to be the elect one but he got overthrown right he there is actually a story about a corrupt joshua um ruling in the time of greeks he became mm-hmm. a priest but he was uh mixing paganism with uh judaism and so he was overthrown so there is one story of that yeah but he would be like the head uh the damaged head he'd be like an example of that or like a prototype of the antichrist for instance i would think that the one that's sitting on the elect one right now probably isn't so righteous and the one that's going to bring salvation will be oh yeah yeah exactly so somebody so that's how I'm looking at it. The person on the throne that's living on this Merkaba on the moon um, and in certain <laughs> star systems that are fixed. Um, I truly believe that they are unrighteous. I don't and I just I don't feel like that they deserve to be where they are currently sitting. What is ruling this world is pure materialistic. Um, there's no spirit and it's disgusting if I turn on the TV I like literally there's just stuff I like women wearing like thongs like I don't want my daughter to see that you know what I mean just like normalize things that shouldn't be normal so there's my show yeah totally I just Um, don't I wanted to get into uh, the idea of thrones um, uh, because they seemingly come from the book of Enoch. They're talking about the Ophanim, the thrones. Uh, And to be overthrown means that somebody else is now above the thrones, which is what we're talking about. The elect is going to sit on top. So the elect will overthrow whoever is there at the godhead now will now uh some something new will come in that will be better and be enlightening to everybody that's why they praise his name finally there's peace 
finally there's you know finally this evilness is gone from the world basically uh so i know a, a lot of people in like the, the spiritual realm and non-religious all talk about like this glorious new age coming uh you know we talk about it with aquarius and this new age coming uh it all seems very apocryphal uh and it all seems very uh reminiscent of the zodiac wheel spinning in that sense you know like we're coming to the end of that age and this new age is going to be a glorious one so i just wanted to share like even though spiritualism doesn't necessarily go along with the bible they seemingly are talking about some of the same things you know as as far as like this new glory coming i guess you could say it absolutely does go with the Bible. Spiritualism for sure goes. The Bible can go with any and everything. And it does include that. If you, yeah, for sure, you're not far off at all. I know, but sometimes um, some of the things in spiritualism uh, to the religious eye are considered uh, maybe pagans, pagan views or expressions uh, in spiritualism like tarot or well, yoga we, or things like that that are not considered to be good by religious viewers well, but uh, but but what i'm saying is that they're arriving at the same point however they're getting there uh so i'm just well yeah. here we have a book saying that we have many thrones you know so maybe it was kind of paganism in a sense at that time because that's what was there that's what they knew. So you maybe, you know, because this was pre-flood, I think. Maybe it's still happening. I don't know. Maybe we haven't been flooded out yet. Who knows? <laughs> maybe well, we're in the ark. Maybe, yeah, this maybe is, we're uh, in Joan as well. We don't know. <laughs> this is from the fragments of Noah. So this is either during that time or what's to come afterwards, right? Yeah, so, yeah, you're absolutely not wrong at all. And it, it says at the end, uh, it'll be like the time of Noah. So um, all these things that are happening here, the end will be just like this. And so we're kind of seeing some of these things happening now. It's very interesting. Especially since we're at the end of the Zodiac. Like, that's trippy. What a time to be alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Aquarius is the end of the Zodiac? No, like, we're going to go backwards. Oh, so now we're going to go backwards? Yeah, from Pisces to Aquarius. Yes, it does go Which backwards. Which is the, a correspondent. <laughs> shin of the human body and aquarius, and aquarius is not really holding a vessel of water but the holy spirit um oh. so it's the fifth element. aquarius yeah. tripped me out when i spent my time on that because it's the cup jove jove pouring out your the spirit and then the nylometer is measuring it oh what's a nylometer uh, like a form of measurement or something 
Oh my gosh, we yes. So it is a man-made constellation division in the sky uh, named Nor- Norma Nilesita, and it is normally depicted as a rod measuring the Nile River, uh, measuring the two indulated waves that people used to interpret as water, but now we uh, know them as electromagnetic current waves. Okay, well, that reminds me again of the rod that we were reading about in the Bible, the rod that was seen in the sky. Maybe you're talking about that constellation. Yeah, that's probably it. It's really quite something. It is amazing. And it comes with Aquarius. But the uh, vessels containing the shin and... uh, what I think is interesting about this is I, I took the Shin character from Hebrew and laid it over top of the Zodiac wheel. And uh, if you have a left accented Shin character, it's pronounced Sin with no H. And uh-huh. if it's a right accented Shin character, it's pronounced Shin, which is the redemptive thing, which, uh, for instance, we see in the name Shem, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What I think is interesting about this is how I lined it up with the left uh, post of the shin lined up with Capricorn, the goat, the scapegoat. Azazel. And then, then, uh, of course, Aquarius is right beside it, representing the shin with the shin overlaid. Then you got the gap, or excuse me, then you got Pisces, but then you got a gap between it, between that and Aries. And uh, in some cases, you'll see the shin with not just three, but four branches. And then that fourth branch would be uh, Aries. So the the scion that was grafted on. So it's really interesting, too, to kind (laughs) of lay it over top of the uh, zodiac and, and get that. Uh, interesting insight and it made me wonder if you could do that with some of the other letters and get similar results you know that's how they used to get yet i'm telling you yes i'm gonna because uh geomancers have messed up the whole like because what we do uh reflects the heavens and the heavens reflect back to us you know what i mean like you can you can these people used to cast out like horoscopes and like futures and stuff for like a couple bucks. So things have gotten mixed up in the mix. And um, anyway, uh, these man-made occultation of uh, constellations really does go hand in hand in alphabetical order with like a beautiful story, just like the Bible. And I think that is what has helped Daniel like understand like both all at the same time. You know what I mean? Like helped us both kind of be like, oh my God, kind of like Noah and kind of like blah, blah, blah. You know how it all is saying like this story that's not fully played out, but keeps going. Yeah. Like there's miniature cycles within larger cycles. The Mayans have a similar Mm -hmm. concept of time like that too, like the small count and the large count. The Bakhtuns. Days within weeks, weeks within months, months within years. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Minutes, seconds within minutes, minutes within hours, hours within days. You can go smaller and, you know. Yeah. Totally. But this whole text, I mean, deserves like so more time down on it for sure. Um, when you guys were talking about right there and, and what you're saying, Morgan, which is uh brilliant, I'm glad you kind of pieced that all together. Um v- vibration is spirit. Yes. That's kind of fascinating. It's 100%. <laughs> That's kind of like what I got it's, out of it, vibration and spirit, which is very interesting because we're all talking about having good vibrations, good vibes, you know, no bad vibes. And uh, we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, on the RFTA show, we've been talking, uh, R- Roman has been talking about like some of these uh structures and how they're laid out to enhance uh these different vibrations uh they talk about the pyramid uh other people do of uh being like some type of power plant or something but maybe it was also uh creating vibrations and uh bringing spirit into the world now i guess you could have good and bad vibrations being created uh so you know so that's debatable but uh inter- very interesting that some of these uh churches and a lot of, well a lot of the churches and and these things had these certain vibrational frequency patterns with inside of them uh almost as if it was conveying some form of spirit or bringing spirit forward uh to be shared or enjoyed uh seemingly because it all comes into like the the main chamber and flows through music yeah music it's music it's sound it's noetic it's it's your the sound you make from your throat chakra it's your heart it's what what's in you you know which is why um, there's like right. a book of songs, right? And um, yeah, of all of and chants and things like that to uh, invoke spirit, uh, because you're changing yes. the vibration uh, with with the pretty music to put it. You worship at church. I mean, I swear you'll see some old ladies going into tongues. I'm not joking, you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's the power. Like music, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Falling yeah. out. It's, it's very fast. It's wild. It's wild. It's um, wild. Do we have any uh more? We're kind of at the end of this right here. Um, do you mm-hmm. guys have anything else to uh, talk about right now before before we get going? I know we started late today, so um, might be a little bit of a short one today, but uh, I think we made it through most of this, but is there anything you guys want to add? I'm really happy to be here, and I'm so happy that you guys are here, and I'm so happy to be and be able to fellowship with you two lovely people, and I love you guys. Thank you, Morgan. Um, 
I would just uh, point out here that this judge is using, like, we're talking about these methods of measurement, and mm -hmm. uh, it looks like that the what tools being used here is and in verse eleven. Morgan was reading about the spirit. Um, it's it's those seven things there, I guess. So when we're looking at it from the perspective of the Egyptian scales and the heart and the feather, um, that feather that Matt's feather um, would seem to be basically some type of equivalent to this measure here. Um, so when somebody's being judged, it's going to be through the lens of these seven fold spirit or something like that. So I just think that that's a really interesting way to describe it, you know, um, in, in terms of the tree of life that she mentioned earlier, uh, the separo is oftentimes depicted as things in different proportions. Um, and so, you know, there might be a little bit of that going on too, like how much of these things, um, or each of these seven, for instance, like each person's going to have a different proportion of each of these perhaps, or something like that. So I don't know, it's just something to think about, like how that is, a, 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 I guess it's a major. <laughs> oh, and it also talks about the angels of the, uh, in verse 10, the angels of power and the angels of principalities. So um, sometimes in the Bible, I think in Ephesians 6, which is a good example, perhaps it talks about the um, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers and wickedness in high places. So, uh, again, that's kind of a reference to these people that have authority presently, these angels that have authority presently, the principalities and powers. There's also virtues. And then, of course, thrones is one of those categories mm. as well. They, they all kind of fit together in different ways, but depending on where their rank is, they have different jobs. What if they all suck at their job? Well, some of them did. Some they, of them did, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm saying now, currently, what if they all freaking need to get fired? Who do uh, I need to make a, a sweet, sweet call to the most high? Like, um, he'll only answer one question. Per one sound, so we got to figure out that perfect pitch, y'all. You're, you're, uh, babe. I don't, I don't know if we were recording this when you mentioned it earlier, but we were talking about caste systems, and it seems like the angels had a caste system because they oh, only yeah. were, uh, uh, they only had one job to do in that caste. Uh, based on even what it's saying right here, it's you know. There's a principal angel of power, angel of principalities, and they had to stay within their their jurisdiction, really. Hmm? I've been reading, I've been reading a thousand one nights. And what if they were like genies? Well, yeah, sort of they are in a way. Right? Yeah. Is that nuts? Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, and then like I keep saying, don't I mean the uh solemn. I mean, it's crazy. If you just like read Second Kings, it, it's nuts. It's like that back then. I'm glad we don't live back then. Hmm. Well, you wouldn't have had, you know, some of the <laughs> things that are going on today. 
Well, you probably did live back then because your soul has always been around. It has never, it has never left. It keeps getting recycled through the gymnasium, even though I'm not supposed to be. Because, <laughs> like we said earlier in here, uh, the, the souls don't. Uh, for none shall be destroyed before the Lord of Spirits, and none can be destroyed. Your soul lives eternally. Just let me pass. Stop spitting on the exit sign. No, I'm serious. That's when I'm the most high of the high. That's what I'm saying. Like God. God, my God, not these people placed on these thrones out of wickedness. When my God comes, and he will, we just got to make the perfect pitch, y'all. He's got to hear us. They've just quieted us down. But like, for real, like, this is nuts. These people all need fire. How are they still having a job? There was a note that David played that pleased the Lord. We were talking about David earlier when we were reading about the 14 thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he knew what that note was because uh, when he would hang his harp up in his bedroom, it says that the uh, spirit of the Lord would come into his bedroom at nighttime. And um, I guess it would, you know, blow across the strings of his harp. And I think whatever that sound was must have been the, note that it liked you know or god liked so he would play that note so that that could be the note of supplication right there that you're kind of referring to and um, revelation it does talk about how the 144,000 will all be holding sithara or katharas which are kind of uh translated as like harps or guitars they're harpies (laughs) so (laughs) they might very well be um doing that you know they are i hate to break it to you but we should not be recycled like this and we are being put through the gymnasium because we're being heartbeat out (laughs) y'all i think uh i think in a way what the bible is saying is that you are to be recycled but the only way out of that uh continually continual recyclement is to obey God and follow his rules and his laws. Um, That's how you join him in the kingdom of heaven. Until then, you're here to repeat that over and over until you get it right. That is a hell when you really think about it. Yeah, it is definitely a hell. Um, But we are in Plato's cave. (laughs) So any king here is a king of hell, in, in a sense, you know. Yeah, you don't want to join. Fuck Plato. Plato's not even allegiant. real. Uh, the, his line of thought is, but you don't want. Oh, to Oh no, it's not because he stole it all from the Sumerians. Um. Yeah, they the <laughs> Greeks definitely stole everything they know from the. Assyrians, Sumerians, and definitely the Egyptians. Yeah, so Plato's a fraud. Yeah, you I definitely Sumerian tablet out of some Plato. Um, stylus. Just... <laughs> Say what? I was just making a joke about how you could make a Sumerian clay tablet out of some Plato. You definitely. Oh yeah. Can. 
Play-Doh. You can terraform Play-Doh any way you want, right? Especially <laughs> Neo. <laughs> you can put it through a poop shoot, a grinder. And that's what, like, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, but, you know, you try to tell people that you don't want to be these. I don't want to be part of this um, evil, like, rain. So I'm what you're saying, I'm going to be recycled until I become bad. No, you're going to be recycled until you become good. Until you become good. Oh, okay. Because in my eyes, the life that you're leaving now with your materialism is not going to work. You have to follow these laws and these commandments in order to join God in heaven. Until then, you will just keep being recycled. Okay, I guess I had that backwards. <laughs> yeah, a lot of religions consider Earth like an illusion. That if you fall in love with the illusion of Earth, that you'll—it's uh, like a you know in a prison in a sense like that. You know, so you if you were to die in that state of delusion, I guess, uh, then you're kind of doomed to repeat it, perhaps. So it's very very popular belief among the uh, ascetic cultures and monastic cultures okay that's why the monks try to separate themselves away from the earth gotta be like a monk yeah but that's also a cult too so don't don't get harpied that way either that ain't the way to go hey do we have the gary wayne episode coming up that might be something to mention yeah i I didn't know it was gonna drop before that or not i was gonna break that at the end of this episode yeah but yep (laughs) <laughs> and the uh, study in Genesis six. So, we'll, was that correct? Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Let's do it. So, so with the monks, uh, they have somewhat the right idea, but the problem is, is they're not following the commandments of the Lord. So, even though they're uh, relinquishing, relinquish, uh, letting go of materialism. They're still not doing everything that they're supposed to. So uh, they're still going to fail. But so you're right about that. But if you follow these laws, these commandments, which is what it says to do, then you can join the Lord and make it to heaven. That's why there's only 144,000 that make it, because most people can't do it. It's not an easy route to ascend. Well, apparently we can, or we wouldn't be put through the gymnasium. I didn't say we can't, and I don't know what a fucking gymnasium is, but we can. <laughs> the gal go gal. <laughs> we can, we can ascend, but it takes patience, perseverance, and dedication and servitude. Well, guess what? I don't want to be like, okay, so this is. Well, then you're not going to make it out. You're going to continually live on earth. Then tell me about the people in North Korea, if this is even such a thing or such a country, but I just found this out about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. They believe that their leader is a descendant of God, such as Jesus Christ. Same story. Same. Same everything. Yes. I mean, 
literally, and they believe it and they worship him to a T with their whole heart. And these people have to give up their fecal matter at the end of the month. And if they don't provide enough fecal matter because they ain't eat enough that month, they have to go find fecal matter to give to the government to make sure that there is no fertilization. So my question is, I I mean, like these people honestly are. That's a strange tax. According to the Bible, according to biblical uh whatever that's a false god and that's not the right way to go because it's a human apparently the bible is the word of god and these are the commandments that god gave and these are the ones that you're supposed to pay attention to and listen to not the laws and uh futility of man but have you ever realized that it's a bunch of stories where it shows you how people have fucked up completely and maybe yes. don't follow what these people are doing? Yes. Maybe like find something a, a different way. Like just don't do exactly what these people are doing because clearly they fucked that's, up whole That's what it's showing you. Showing you. Even David. Like, David didn't do what God told him to do. God, he didn't follow the commandments that God gave him. And he got his uh, crown taken away. And Moses wasn't allowed to enter the promised land. He was only disobedient once. Yeah, yeah. because Moses took over the whole shebang. Moses disobedience on the Moses is sitting right there on the elect throne right now. I'm telling you because he killed his brother Aaron, and I'm pissed about it. You have to be like Job. You have to be. Like Enoch, you have to be like Ezekiel. You have to follow. You have to follow the rules. Silent. Don't speak of the family. Follow the rules. La Cosa Nostra. Follow the rules of the ruler. The mafia. (laughs) No, that's all bad. Man made. Well, they're they are human. We're all human. We are right. human beings. Man made. Writing human story. Oh, all, all, all I'm saying is, if you want to get out of the illusion, you have to follow the commandments. That's what the Bible is telling you to do. If you believe in the Bible, follow the commandments, and you can ascend. Otherwise, you're trapped here until you learn to figure it out. That's why I had mentioned earlier that it's purgatory because purgatory in the Catholic sense means that you are forever repeating your life until you get it right based on your discretions from your previous lives. So you have to not only atone for this life, but your previous ones also. <laughs> oh man. Such as the trauma. Have to be a silent nun. Such is the trauma and the chaos that we live in because nobody considers atoning for their past lives and their current lives as much as they probably should be because that's the only path to creating your soul that can be weighed against the feather to make it into the kingdom of heaven. Well, you have to remember that we are in a Bible study and that reincarnation and recycling of the soul is not taught and is not believed and is. 
Well, the Jews actually do believe in reincarnation. Do they? Okay. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Boom. Um, okay. It's just not a popular belief among Christians. Christians definitely, where I'm from, not only um, don't believe it, but they just definitely look down on you. Like, I remember I was in church one day and I was like, I have this really weird Kate, like deja vu. And my pastor looked at me, y'all, I swear to God. He looked at me and he said, don't believe in it. It's the devil trying to get you to believe you lived a past life. I said, what in the hell? I have never thought about living a past life until now. Well, that's because the church is trying to sell you heaven also, which is also a false idea. The Um, only way to reach heaven is to follow and obey the words of God. (laughs) Doesn't matter what your church says. I'm just telling you a story. Uh, <laughs> uh, this link right here says uh, the per- this is a Judaism and reincarnation link here. The purpose of reincarnation is seen as a chance for the soul to achieve a goal uh, not achieved in previous life and a chance to reward man for fulfilling desires of his creator. Reincarnation has also been viewed as punishment for a sinner's previous deeds. For example, a rich man who abused his power may come back mm. poor. Uh, kind of interesting there. Well, uh, I don't know where they source it from, though. So <laughs> I can't say that. But I, I just, I, I listened to a lot of rabbis talk. And it surprised me, actually, how many of them casually referenced reincarnation. <laughs> yeah, that shocks me as well. But I don't know where they get it from, though. So it could come from things like the Zohar or the Kabbalah. But uh, you're right, though. I don't think it's, uh, you know, in the five, the first five books of the Bible, I don't think it really talks about it. So it might be more of like a mysticism. It has to be because it's definitely not in the New Testament because we don't even like as a, the church I grew up in didn't really even explore the Old Testament. And that's why this is so much fun to me. Well, there is a, another kind of uh, reincarnation reference too, but it's subtle. Um, a lot of folks thought that uh, Elijah would would reincarnate the spirit of Elijah. Um, some people thought Christ was Elijah. Um, in fact, he asked his disciples, "Like, who do people say I am?" And you know, some people thought he was Elijah reincarnated, et cetera, et cetera. And Peter was like, well, you're the son of God. And he's like, oh, well, <laughs> that's why he gave the keys to Peter, because Peter was able to discern who he really was in the spirit. And yeah. he was, in fact, Elijah. But that's one of the New Testament references to like a reincarnation is that. Uh, okay. They were waiting on Elijah. Which is interesting, because Elijah was known as a. Uh, you know, kind of a, a vengeful prophet, you know, he went and killed all the priests of Baal and then fled into the wilderness. Eventually he was taken by God. But uh, um, just like Enoch. Yeah, exactly. There was only a few people that were taken like that. Yeah. <clears throat> now, what's also curious is how Elijah casts his mantle uh, to Elisha as he's t- being taken up in the chariot, which the chariot in this case could have been the very same thing that Ezekiel saw, if you really That's, think about it. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Floats in the sky to the moon. (laughs) Just says no. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) it's apparently not in the first five books of the Bible because that's what uh yeah, what's uh what's what's uh, what is reincarnation like? (laughs) Or the Kabbalah. Probably is where you'll find it. Yes. It's mentioned in the Kabbalah. Three types of reincarnation are mentioned in the Jewish Kabbalah literature, including Gilgal, Imber, and Dibuk. Dibuk. Reincarnation. Reincarnation is a fundamental tenet of Kabbalah. The world and our place in it cannot be understood without this key principle. So this would be more like the twilight language. It was probably part of oral tradition, not written tradition. Yeah. That's probably where it comes from, is that it was spoken only among the Jews. Not there. The Christians or the Goyim, they wouldn't have been able to they they wouldn't oh. have been sharing stories. Probably they would have been trapped way. forever before the <laughs> Alhambra yeah. decree, or just ignorant of it. You know, maybe they would still find the way out. But yeah. very curious. Thanks for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. Yeah. So, any other final words, or I think we can end it there, pretty much. Just that Kabbalah has Abba in it. Ah. And Allah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which just is a reference to God, basically. Mm -hmm. And it uh, came during the second half of the 15th century before the Alhambra decree. Been to the Alhambra. Um, So Kabbalah is basically just saying Father God. When you really think about it, Ka, Ka, isn't Ka, doesn't Ka mean spirit? Or is that yeah. key? Soul. Yeah. Soul? Well, the yeah. Ka is kind of like your personality or your your persona. Yeah. Like your name and stuff like that. So, like soul of God. Either. Yeah, basically. It's Kabbalah. Hmm. I think uh, that that's the only that's the reason why is because uh, God is pure spirit, and so to be able to reincarnate back into God into the that kingdom, uh, you have to become pure spirit again yourself in order to uh, reassemble into the God. Uh, so if you are not light as a feather, your soul is not light as a feather. You can't rejoin uh, the pure spirit. Uh, it's like, you know, if you have a hundred percent gold, but then you gets, uh, mixed with ores and metals and it's not a hundred percent gold anymore, you have to extract all those other metals from the gold till you're back to a hundred percent. So you can regain or rejoin the pure block of gold. You know, I was with a client, um, last night who was in crisis and as I was leaving, um, so I can't remember exactly how it came up in conversation, but he said something 
that I had just said to somebody earlier that day. He said to me something about staying golden. And I just looked at him and I thought, where did you hear that? I said, I just said that to somebody earlier today. And uh, he didn't even really know where he'd gotten it. But I just I got to thinking about it. And I thought, well, gold doesn't oxidize, you know. And then when you're just talking about it now, you know, it's pure. Stay pure. Stay shiny. Stay pure. Stay uh, real. You know, all the things that gold is, I guess. <laughs> so it's yeah. just that's a really loaded phrase, you know. So Gold is gold. God with an L. Well, yeah, there you go. So, and well, L God, <laughs> L and, and L means uh, Lord. So, the piezoelectric energy that people are like using to generate just any type of, you know, electric, just any type of vibe is fake. Like they're not using it from real crystals; they're generating fake crystals and using it that way. So, I also think that that's another like way of not staying real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And think about that in the concept of uh, money and how money is supposed to be backed by gold, which would be God, but it's in fact not backed by gold. Therefore it's moon. He has to do with evilness and materialism, which is associated with the moon and uh, Lucifer. The thrones. It's also it's called sin in Sumeria. Yep. yep. Which is interesting to me, the that sin thing, because sin and is the uh, god of the moon in Sumerian. And um I'm, sometimes it's actually associated with a goddess and not uh, a male uh is associated with a female. So it just depends where you go. But um the idea of Jesus dying for the sin. Uh, the sins of mankind is also kind of reflective and like he's dying to get people away from Lucifer or uh, showing people the path away from that materialistic type of life. Under a full moon, by the yeah. way. Yeah. He died, he crucified on Passover, which is a full moon. Yeah. Also in Egyptian, Moses is translated as Monias, M-O-N-I-E-S, which is translated also into a feminine word. It refers to water, yeah, to draw out water. Yeah. Which is what he does when he strikes the stone with her, uh, uh, with his staff. Yeah. And that's why he wasn't allowed to go into the promised lands because the second time uh, he was instructed to speak to the rock and instead he struck it. And in fact, he struck it like two or three times and then it's, and then it did yield water, but because he was disobedient, didn't speak to it. Instead, he was, that was the reason he wasn't allowed to go into the promised land. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, Thank you both. It's been fun. I love you both. I love you, Joshua. I love you even more, Morgan. Uh, love you. Love you both. <laughs> thanks for doing this again. It's been fun. Um, and stay tuned because on the next episode, we're going to get into Genesis 6. Uh, we're going to read some of Genesis 6. We're going to also read some of uh, Enoch uh, in regards to Genesis 6. And then um, the following 
episode will be with none other than uh, who Joshua mentioned earlier, but Gary Wayne. And uh, so that'll be a really fun episode to uh, really get more deeper into Genesis 6. So when we go over, when we do this next episode, remember to take some notes and uh, write down some questions. Uh, so that way we have some some fodder uh, to give Gary Wayne some some hard hitting ones, you know, because well, so far we've been going over the whole Bible uh, from the beginning of Genesis and uh, we're covering uh, chapter six in two different ways. So uh, it's going to be fun to be able to speak to him about it because he's super knowledgeable. I don't know if either of you have ever talked to him before, but he's very fun to talk to and has a lot of knowledge and stuff. So uh, it'll be a fun one. Uh, so if you guys got anything going on, uh, let the people know and we'll get out of here. You can find me on uh, Instagram as Appalachian Aesthetic. Uh, and you can also find me on Telegram as Joshua the Branch. Um, I hang out in the Interverse community, uh, Weaving Spiders Welcome. and. Uh, several others but uh yeah if you have any questions just please get them to us we would love to share it with uh, gary and he's got a website as well known as genesis 6 conspiracy so uh if you want to kind of preview his book you can go in there and see a little bit of every chapter and uh kind of get a a feel for what it's about and um uh, he's also writing a new book, I think, right now. So hopefully he'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Danunaki Dan. Uh, if you have anything you want to add or questions you want to ask, and uh, even if it's for the other guys or for what we're talking about, uh, I'll be more than happy to ask them on upcoming episodes. And even if you want us to go back to previous chapters, we can do that also. Um, Joshua is great. He's always full of knowledge. And Morgan, thank you, too. You're always bringing some heat. Uh, I, I love how you're connecting it to other things. It's uh, fascinating to me. Um, I think this episode was a banger. Uh, a lot of uh, I kind of had a few different revelations during this episode. So thank you guys uh, for bringing those out and me um appreciate it and uh have a good day everybody all right you can find me at the morgan b m-o-r-r-i-g-a-n-b um on instagram and all over telegram as well thank you guys i love you both very much thank, thank you all for spending time but me more space. me more right you're very welcome <laughs> thank you joshua Raising my vibration, curses ending with my generation. Blessings raining, it's a celebration. Go and tell the nation, we're all saved by grace. And I know I ain't boasting, I've been stuck in my ways, man. I'm regenerating, raising my vibration. Curses ending with my generation. Blessings raining, it's a celebration. Go and tell the nation, we're all saved by grace. And I know I ain't boasting, I've been stuck in my ways, man. I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face God keep giving me grace I'm giving them thanks, I'm giving them praise Giving them thanks, I'm giving them praise
I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face? God giving me grace I'm giving them praise, giving them thanks Giving them praise, I'm giving them thanks I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face? God giving me grace I'm giving them praise, giving them thanks Giving them praise, I'm giving them thanks